0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Is Baker the most hated person in the National Football League? It seems like every week, whether it's the fans booing them or whatever it might be, it seems like people are just starting to pile on this
0: kid. This is Big Man Bets. It's Week Thirteen, and I'm really excited for the start of the show with the Hall of Famer Orlando Pace. And the 7 time Pro Bowler on that ballot, Nick Mangold. but guys, you're two Ohio State Buckeyes. What happened? Michigan just smoking you they're John Jim Harbaugh's getting getting love left and right. It's it's all over for the Buckeyes. What happened?
2: hey um, I, I,
1: I, I'm speechless. Um yeah, I know. you know what, you know what? Uh going into that game, I was feeling pretty good based on what we did to Michigan State the week prior. Um anytime you, you take a, a loss to the team up north it's always a uh the next week is uh is a pretty tough week. But uh, you know, we you know they they, they, they they took it to us. Uh you know, obviously uh we didn't play well but they, they you know they, they they and I know we're both offensive linemen Nick and I and we lost the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball when you watch that game. Their offensive line, you know, played well against our defense line and and we didn't do well up, up front up on our side either, so it was a tough game to watch. Uh, watch our Buckeyes go down.
2: Yeah, it was it was really tough because I we it uh, was my mother-in-law's 75th birthday, so we took the kids and her into uh, the city, went to see the the Rockettes. Um, so I shut my phone off at 11 o'clock. I had the game tape. I shut my phone off at 11 o'clock. We went to lunch afterwards, so I didn't get home till like five. Kept my phone off, I did had the do not disturb, it got no information. Turned the game on and I'm watching it. And I, the whole time I'm just thinking, all right, it's gonna turn, it's gonna turn. And then it never turned. And it was just, it was one of those games where I'm sitting there and I'm like, How, this can't be happening. And I know when I turn my phone on, I'm gonna have the the three Michigan guys that I chirped the most at, yeah. uh, are, there's gonna be a text message sitting there waiting. And sure enough, I turn it on, and there's there's all three text messages. So, it was <clears throat> it was nice of us after the two years of you know difficulty that we've had going through everything with the pandemic and whatnot. Doing a little bit of charitable work um, on the holiday, we were giving. Uh, we allowed them to win one, you know finally after eight years, um, and so it, it's just it was kind of, it was really nice of us. That's all I'm taking. It. Like we were we're we're the better person here.
1: Yeah, when you look at it you see you see some of the social media people are crying that's their second win in 20 years which is which is uh you know so welcome back to the rivalry uh, we can get it going again and uh, you know obviously you're a once in a decade win to all the Michigan fans out there so
0: I mean I, I'm hearing like you know welcome back to the rivalry you can have this one but we'll see well maybe you'll get one in, in 10 years because you know I mean you know, every dog has its day, a little blind squirrel finds an acorn type of thing, right? That's what I'm hearing. Hey, that's the way we're, that's the way we're approaching it. <laughs> All right, Joe, let's, let's get into week 13 here. And uh, we're starting with two disappointments. One, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, scraping the bottom of the NFC. And then the Rams officially fighting for a playoff spot, the, the five seed, and uh, Orlando, let, we, we've touched on your Rams, but it just keeps on going down here, three losses in a row. Uh, we're asking the question this morning, who's more to blame? Is, is it the quarterback in Matthew Stafford, or perhaps is it Sean McVay? I'm seeing some NFL scouts saying that he's reading his press clippings a little bit too much, and there's a little bit of a shine on on the coach who apparently, uh, you know, when you look at it, his teams do not get better historically as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the tough part about uh... – about the Rams and, and their fall in the last three weeks is, you know, you can't put the game in Matt Stafford's hands. And I think that's what, that's what uh, the coaching staff is doing. He's going out there. He's not feeling comfortable. He's early turnovers in every single game in the last three weeks. And, you know, you got to run the ball. And and that's the issue with the Rams right now. You got to run the ball and then you have to stop the ball. You got to stop the run. And we're not doing either on each side of the ball. So, I think, uh, you know, if we get back to what we do, play action after running the ball, I think that'll have some success. But as you can see over the past three weeks, we cannot, um, you know, rely on Matt Stafford to win the game solely on his shoulders. We still need a running game and we need to stop the, the, the run. Uh, he looked like Matt Stafford of Detroit, man. And I thought, you know, just just even worse because he's throwing so many bad, even though there was two or three interceptions in that game that could have happened, that didn't happen, which was tough for us. It was tough to watch, and uh, I know you mentioned the sea uh, the Seahawks. They look like they're a dead team, just walk. They're just out there. They, they, their offense looks horrible. Pete Carroll looks like he's he's about done. Russell Wilson looks like he's done, uh, and they're packing it in for the season. So those are my two takes on those two teams that's, that's really struggling. I still have a chance to make, and I'm hopeful that they can get going, um, you know, and, and, and try to get into the playoffs.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, when you look at these two teams, obviously I think you have to say right now um, they're both disappointing, but the Seahawks by far the most disappointing Um, they are three and eight and you know, who else is three and eight, my jets. So if you're on the same level and you have Russell Wilson and you've got Pete Carroll and you're supposed to be amazing, you probably shouldn't be three and eight. And so they, they're just, they have their troubles, but when you look at the, the Rams, and we talk about the dream team, and like you know, they were getting together all these piece, all these pieces and everything, so they were getting crowned Super Bowl champs early on. I, and so I think for me, I don't think the I don't think Stafford's gotten worse. Like I, I think he's going to continue to be the same player that he is. I think it's more on McVeigh, um, trying to tamp down these expectations that are coming from the outside. You know, you always hear about uh, you know guys um coaches saying hey listen you know it doesn't matter what happens outside this building we got to stay focused inside the building um you know I think they allowed themselves to hear like oh listen we got Von Miller we got Odell Beckham like we, we're getting all these pieces we're, we're making up this super team um and I think that went to their heads a little bit and so it, it's now on McVeigh to kind of flip that script and be like hey listen we got to get you know we can't just go out there with our resume in hand and say hey listen we win this game um let's go home you know we have to go out there and show it and so um, it's going to be a big challenge for them, um, but they have the pieces to do it. It's just whether or not McVeigh can get them going in the right direction.
1: And for me, the toughest thing about the Rams is the way they're losing, though. Right? Uh, against Tennessee, they—I they, felt like they were—they were—they're were out physical by by Tennessee. San Francisco ran the ball whenever they wanted to run the ball physically, and and they just—they're not winning good. They're not even playing good football on either either side of the line of the scrimmage. So very tough to, to, to kind of bounce back. I think everybody in that, that locker room needs to look at themselves and say,
0: Hey, we
1: need to turn this thing around as well. So.
0: Are you Nick? Are you trading Russell Wilson at the end of the season, taking whatever you can get? Um,
2: no, because it's so hard to find a quarterback in the league. You know, I think it's, it's going to be a whole uh, team-wide look at the issues. Why are we doing so poorly? Um, you know, the, the big one too, they gave up those two first round picks for Jamal Adams um, who just now eclipsed Spence Wilfork for career interceptions? So they you, they're losing this draft capital um, for guys that aren't making that big of an impact. Um, it, it, if if you do end up trading Russell Wilson, um, you know you're going for a full teardown, starting over um, because it is so hard to find a, a good quarterback in this league.
0: Orlando, would you or would you would you fire Pete? I mean, what do you, what do you do? going forward if you're Seattle
1: I think I think it's time to, to let Pete go he's been there for 10 plus years um it seems like the players their play calling uh it seems like you know before Pete Carroll was like a fun energetic guy all that energy just watching that game on, on Sunday night uh or Monday night just felt like there was no energy there whatsoever so I think it's time I think he's I think he's ran his course uh there in Seattle uh, Russell doesn't look inspired anymore. I wouldn't trade him personally uh, because you don't have many options out there to go get uh, that's better than what you have in Russell Wilson. So,
0: Along those lines, then, let's look at coach of the year. A uh, lot of candidates. The, the ever-present Bill Belichick is certainly a candidate. That That would be one. Uh, but a bunch of names in there. I think Matt Lafleur deserves a consideration. Cliff Kingsbury. Um, hey, I mean, you, you can throw uh, – a bunch of names in there you could even go deep and, and say uh, John Harbaugh perhaps I don't know where uh, Nick you want to take this one first who's who if you're voting right now as we go into week 13 your coach of the year
2: right now um, that one for me is easy it's Cliff Kingsbury. Um the job that he's done with the Cardinals you know they you look at um, what they've been able to do and even still getting wins with Kyle Murray out um, you know that just shows the coaching um, and shows that, you know, he's got, he's got his hand on the pulse of the team. Um, I was listening to something the other day, and their win total was eight and a half, and they've already passed that. Um, so, you know, they're, they're moving in the right direction. No one expected them to be as good as they are. And so right now, my vote is uh, for Cliff.
1: Yeah, for me, it's uh, Matt LaFleur. Just for everything that they've been through uh, in, in Green Bay, uh, really tough, tough year. Uh, just not having Aaron there early in the year all all off season and then coming in with that type of drama and then the then more drama on top of that with the covid uh you know obviously and all that stuff and still be at the top of the NFC uh he's did, he's done a great job of coaching eliminating those distractions and um you know they are right in contention to, to win the championship so i think that would be my that would be my vote today
0: you two are all class. You would never fire anybody. I'm kidding. Um, maybe maybe you would, but let, let let's fire someone today. Let's just let's let's get rid of either Matt Nagy, Dan Campbell, uh, Urban, uh, your guy. I don't know who's first on the Joe Judge first on the firing lines, Orlando. Who's getting the pink slip?
1: Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. I think Matt Nagy is an easy choice because he's been. They, they, it's been highly speculated that he's going to get fired last week. Uh, you know, obviously, but he's still there. He's not doing a a great job uh, there, and I think his time is up in, in, uh, in you know, in, in, in Chicago. So that would be the guy that I would fire today just because he uh, he seems like he's lost control of his offense. I don't know how well he can develop quarterback. So um, I, w- I would say he would be the guy I would fire today.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with Orlando on this one. Um, you know, when there's speculation that you're going to get fired after the Thanksgiving game and then you don't get fired, and now you're just sitting there waiting. Well, is it going to be after this game? Is it going to be after this game? Like they're just dangling him along. Like oh. he's just the dead man walking. And so um, I, I think I'm shocked that first it was discussed that he was going to get fired, you know, in a couple of days um, and that somehow got leaked out. Um, and then the, the bears just need to either do it or don't do it. And um like, it, it's one of those things where we're, everyone's talking about firing that Nagy and, and like it, it's just, that's kind of the rolling cycle. Um, and so, you know, it's going to happen. You might as well put your foot down now and get rid of them and, and just and get that search started early. Like, I don't know what they're waiting on. Um, and so if I were to go, um, I would tell the bears, like, let's go, let, let's start over. Let, let's see what we can get.
0: When, when you know a coach is getting bonged, what's that like in a locker room? I mean, What's the biggest challenge for a player?
2: I, I, it's funny I, I've never had a known coach getting fired like I've had um, Eric Mangini got fired after our Brett Favre year um, that surprised just about everybody. Um, that was a quick turnaround um, that he had. Um, Rex Rex it was always kind of speculation but then you know when we, we ended up going I think eight and eight and we were down in Miami and it basically saved his job we kind of said, all right, well, if it saves his job for this year, you know, we'll probably be safe for a little bit. So he was also kind of another surprise firing, you know, the marriage with the GM just didn't work out. Um, And then I was gone before um, Todd Bowles got fired. So I never really had that experience of knowing a coach is getting fired or or having a coach get fired in season. Um, But it's got to be, it's got to be stressful because you understand that these These guys have, you know, they've got a family at home. This is their job. And, you know, when there's talk of like, all right, well, he's going to lose his job. Um, You know, you while it's obviously not going well for your team, you do kind of feel bad for him personally. Um, So it's got to be just a a crazy experience.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree uh, with Nick on that. Um, Just just. As a player, my, my my mindset was I still have to go to do my job, right, at the highest level because I don't want to be on that chopping block as well. But you, you kind of, as a player, you see the writing on the wall, hey, you're 0-8, you, you guys have probably won four or five games each year over the last three or four years. You know this guy is going to get canned. He should know that at this point. Um, but to your point, if you have a good relationship uh, with the coach and, and know his family, see his kids, you kind of feel bad because somebody is losing their job. But on the flip side, I do say they cut people every single day. So I don't feel as bad for head coaches (laughs) and and front office people when they lose their job because they make that call every single day or a couple times a year to cut players. So I always keep that in the back of my mind as well.
0: Did you ever experience a a guy getting cut and he's just sitting in his locker? Maybe a little tears are coming out. There's nothing you can say, uh, but that's, you know, you, you feel terrible, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. For me, it's that. It's like that last week, right after that final preseason game, and guys come in and, and they they getting their workout and they're waiting for guys to, you know. And it's kind of one of those eerie, silent, quiet things. And especially if a guy has kids, a wife, and kids, they go home and explain that to their their their, their significant others. Hey, I lost my job. You kind of feel bad, but then again, by, if you're playing in that fourth quarter, that fourth preseason game. Uh, you're probably, you're probably not gonna make the squad, So it's always a tough one.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's the one, like, it, it's always difficult when you get down to that, that cut day. Um, we had our own Grim Reaper, he'd be standing by the door to the locker room as you're doing workouts. And you know, if he grabbed you, you were gone. Um, and so like, it, it is, it is always difficult to say, like, listen, you know, I'm sorry, you got cut. Like, because, you know, you don't want to say, like, well, we kind of all saw it coming. Like, you were the, you were the 16th <laughs> offensive lineman on the team. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but it, it is it, – it's, kind of, it's a cutthroat business. And I think that's – it gets lost, I think, on fans a lot of times. Um, the fact of how much, uh, how much work goes into it. And then you could just be told the – like, you go through a full offseason, a full training camp. Um, you're, you're grinding it out. You're sweating it out. Um, and then at the end of it, they're like, all right, well, this was fun we'll see you later. Um, and so it's, it's always difficult. It's always difficult when, um, guys get cut during like mid mid midweek during the season. Um, you know, it's usually a practice squad guy, you know, they, they need a roster spot or something. So it's, it's crazy, but you know, it's coming. Um, and so you just kind of like, you put it out of your mind and say, listen, you know, this is just part of the business. Um, it's it's not personal. They're not doing it, you know, out of spite or anything. Uh, but it, it's still difficult to watch.
0: Did the Grim Reaper like being the Grim Reaper.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I would think, I would hope not. But there probably there probably are a couple of teams that their are Grim Reapers. Like oh, this is my day. Like I <laughs> like I imagine it's somebody that you know who grew up and always loved football, but never really got to play it um you know just or maybe got cut from like the high school team or something like that and so you know this is kind of like their payback i could see that grim reaper uh enjoying it just a little bit
0: yeah i agree with you <laughs> I feel like that guy's got a smile on his face all right let's uh let's touch back on college football here brian kelly the irish number six of the college football playoff End of the year. Hey guys. uh, Yeah. See you later. I'm going to LSU 10 years, 95 million. It was sweet, but um, yeah, all you, all that I told you how much I love the Irish I'm walking out the door here. Uh, Is is there a good way to do this? What's your reaction to Kelly leaving at, at, you know, no leaving Notre Dame seems like a big deal. I I don't. And he, he met with his players reportedly for, for less than two minutes. Hey guys, bye. Basically, Orlando, did you, did you have any Notre Dame thoughts here?
1: It's, it's funny. My first text yesterday to a group chat of guys that I talk football with all the time is college coaches are a joke, right? They preach integrity, all this different, th- these different things, and then you send your players a text at 1.20 a.m. in the morning telling them you're leaving them. Uh, so I was like, man, this is ridiculous. Everybody, It's a money play. Nobody really leaves Notre Dame to go to LSU unless it's for a substantial amount of money. But then uh, I had second thoughts on it because a guy that's in that world, that digital world said, hey, um, things are happening real time these days. So when he signed that, 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 agreed on that contract, obviously they pushed it out, social media everywhere. So he couldn't really do anything. And they weren't going to let him go back to South Bend without announcing it because I'm sure Notre Dame officials would beg him to stay. So in real time, social media, everything that's out there, he put it out there. I thought it could have been handled better, but – you know, he, he's, he's laughing all the way to the bank and probably could care less about those indie kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I mean, it, there's there's so many different sides to it. And the, the fact that it happened so quickly, um, it, I think just adds a bad stain to it. But you're talking about the head coach of a football team that potentially could be in the college playoffs um, and has just <laughs> deserted his team and he gone down to LSU uh, for a gajillion dollars, which is fantastic. I mean, I'm all for everyone getting as much money as they can when they can. Um, it, it's just, it is one of those things like the integrity of college football coaches. there's it, They move around so much. And, you know, I can't imagine, you know, I saw one report that one of his assistants was on the recruiting trail, had just left the house of a kid and saw the news pop up on you know on his phone and he's like well now I feel like an idiot because I just told this kid how great you know uh Notre Dame is and our program and and how uh Brian Kelly's a great head coach and he's gonna love coming to play for us and he's gone and he's like you know this is and that just shows how fast it happened um I do feel bad for I, I don't feel I mean I feel bad for all the kids there because like you know the seniors they put their, their full time in with them and now they're you know potentially getting into the playoffs and you know now that's in question because uh, the, the committee's come out and said something about you know we're not sure if, if, if you have if you don't have a head coach can we put you into um, the playoffs which I find uh, absolutely ridiculous um, you know and so those guys get it the freshmen that are there that just came in thought they were looking at you know coming to the guy I saw um, they had a stat that he was he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history which blew my mind it was like how is, is Brian Kelly the winningest coach in that story program but that you know that was the stat I saw and so um you have all this promise and now it's like all right well now I have no idea who our coach is going to be and you know here I am stuck in Notre Dame where I actually have to do academic work um it's it's, (laughs) it's crazy and you know god bless you know Brian Kelly for getting the money but I feel like it really could have been handled differently
1: yeah, I think, I think the timing of it was bad. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're still in contention to probably be in the playoffs, what does that say about your team, that you have no faith that they could win a national championship, right? If you don't tell LSU, have your agent tell LSU, hey, I'll give you an answer on Sunday for sure. I'm coming. Let's just see if we get in these playoffs and then go from there. Because it could happen. It could be complete chaos at the top and, and Notre Dame have a chance to get in. And that's a lot to those kids. That means something to those kids to be in the playoff and and, and be able to play on a national stage. And he totally screwed that for them.
0: Well, their their path to get there, Cincinnati's got to lose to Houston, and Iowa has got to beat Michigan. So Michigan's the only chance for the Big Ten to be in the college football playoff. Now I'm going to ask you two Buckeyes. Do you want Michigan to beat Iowa so the Big Ten is represented? Or are we, are we all Hawkeyes this weekend, Nick?
2: Uh, I mean, go Hawkeyes. Uh, I love Iowa. Um, it's the great, greatest state, I think, in the Union as of right now. Um, you know, I think – and I actually think they have a good chance at it. You know, I think if Michigan had put so much into the game with Ohio State. There was so much raw emotion um, that there potentially could be a letdown here in the championship game. Um, and, you know, I, I root for – I, I, I'll never root for Michigan. Um, and, you know, I, while I would like to see the Big Ten represented in the playoffs, um, if it's going to be Michigan, uh, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just I, I hope Iowa has a day um, and, and they get their Big Ten championship.
1: Uh, under no circumstances do I root for Michigan whatsoever. I, you know, so I'm going go Hawkeyes. You know, I hope they come out and dominate. I think they did. Uh, you know, obviously, you know they 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 were so up for the victory. They you know, the tears. They felt like they won a, a real championship uh, last Saturday. So I'm sure they'll have a letdown this week. At least I'm hoping for it. Um, so we'll see. Go Hawkeyes. Go Iowa. Uh, you know, for the vi- the victory.
0: Hey, class of '96, right here. I O W A. Got my psychology degree. <laughs> Real, I've n- never did anything with it, but I love you, Iowa. Thank you very much. It was a great time <laughs> in Iowa city. Uh, <laughs> I, right, Hey, ba- back to the NFL. I got two, two, two more for you here. We're going to touch parenting in a second, but I want your final four here. If you had to pick it right now, going into week 13, give me your AFC title game and your NFC title game right now. We've, you know, we're two thirds of the way through the season here, Orlando, who, who you, who you putting in, uh, Championship weekend
1: in the AFC i I would love to see uh, uh, New England and Kansas City and I know we've seen that matchup plenty of times, but you know obviously those two teams are playing I think Kansas City is going to start playing really good football here down the stretch and New England's been playing well, I don't think they get to the the Super Bowl, but I do think um, those two teams are playing best and then in the uh, NFC Green Bay. Arizona are two teams that's playing at the top of their game. Now, will they continue to play that way? I don't know, but I do think those two teams will uh, be in the NFC uh, championship game. So those are my four teams. As of today, it could change. Subject to change though. But today, uh, those are my four teams.
2: Yes. Always subject to change uh, as we talked <laughs> in week 13, um, just as we were making bold predictions in week four. Um Right now, my, uh, my final four, I think I would put um, – I would have Green Bay versus the Buccaneers uh, for the NFC. I think, um, I, I think that the experience of Tom Brady would win out over, um, you know, the Cardinals. Um, and then on the flip side, the AFC, I think as of right now, I, I'm with Orlando on this. I think Kansas City is starting to figure out – they figured out their defense. Patrick Mahomes is going back to not trying to win the game by himself, but using his weapons um and new england um is is running their game plan uh, that they want to do you know they have uh, a strong defense they're running the ball and uh mac jones just is not making mistakes so as of right now week 13 that would be my final four
0: wow big men bets believing in the pats big time that's 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 it that's interesting all right uh i know it's i know it's i know it's painful it's painful for me and uh yeah, I didn't compete against him in the NFL. Okay. Uh, all right. We want to end up before we get our picks today. We want to talk parenting and you both are parents and you, you both have watched your kids play games. I mean, the reason we're bringing it up, Kareem Hunt's dad, the latest uh, NFL parent to go on, uh, he did it on Facebook Talking about how uh, Baker Mayfield can't play football. That's of course after Odell Beckham's dad went uh, on Instagram. Was went did videos showing what Baker's doing wrong. I, I, first off, like, what's your reaction in, in in the locker room if a parent of a player is going at the quarterback? I mean, that just is completely and utterly crazy. But maybe you just brush it off. I don't know. I mean, Nick, is this would this would this resonate throughout the locker room?
2: Um, Yeah, definitely cause a a little rift there because, you know, everyone, no one's immune to what's going on. Like if you see uh, Odell being wide open and not getting targeted by Baker, like the guys, guys are watching the film too. So they see it, Um, you know, and and so it's kind of known, but when it's, when it's somebody outside the building that's related to another player in there, like that just, that kind of digs that needle in there just a little bit more. it's like, all right, listen, I, I know I'm not playing up to my standards. Um, you know, I don't need to hear it from, from your pops. Um, so I, I think, I think it is, I, I mean, it's divisive and that's the only way I can put it.
1: Yeah. I, I think when, especially, I know we talk about parenting, you know, we all have young kids, but when, you, when they're in the national football league making millions of dollars and. And uh, you know, and and a team doesn't play well, or or whatever it might be. I think it's best just to be quiet because you you don't want to create, to Nick's point, divisiveness in the locker room just by saying, "Hey, man, what is your dad? What is your dad saying?" And and Kareem Hunt just came back, so he hadn't he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. He just got back healthy and in the lineup. And then you know, obviously, I don't know if he's trying to pull an Odell, trying to get him out of Cleveland uh, because that's what I think that's what is his father's intentions uh, really was just to get him out of Cleveland to another team. But, you know, obviously, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't help win more ball games. That only hurts. So I don't know what's going on. Do people, is Baker the most hated person in the national football league? It seems like every week, whether it's the fans booing him or whatever it might be, it seems like people are just starting to pile on this kid.
0: Kareem Hunt's uh, dad, senior, his comments are the exact pile on. Um, I'm quote, I'm stating facts on football. What we see, he's limping. He's scared to throw the ball, and they know he's hurt. Uh, if people don't like what I'm saying, unfriendly. I'm, I'm not jeopardizing nothing. I've got a right to speak. I ain't posting no videos. Basically saying that he's not Odell's dad. Have a good day. Go Browns. Hopefully.
1: Oh, OK. But you know what? Some people are celebrated for that. The weirdest thing, this is why I know people don't like Baker, because some guys, if, if Tom Brady goes out there and his shoulders banged up or his leg or he's limping and they'd be like, oh, he's a warrior. This guy, they're, they're piling on saying, what is he doing? Obviously, the kid's hurt, so there's not a lot he could do. But he's just out there trying to win ball games for his team. So I, I'm not going to come to Baker's defense, but, you know, it is, it is a bit much for a parent to, to say something.
2: Yeah. And then I think you look at it like when, I mean, I think I've said that exact same quote. um, And, you know, if he is injured, he probably shouldn't be out there and, you know, he's got to play better, but that's me. I'm removed from the situation. And I have no, (laughs) no skin in the game whatsoever with that team. Uh, When it's a father of, you know, someone that's on that team, I think it hits home a lot more. Like that's, um, you know, that, You just don't do that. I think you know, especially as a parent um, in the in the NFL, um, it's not your job to tear down other people. Your job is to stay quiet, um, sit back, enjoy going to the games, and seeing you know seeing your team afterwards and being like your family afterwards and saying, "Hey, listen, you played a great game. Sucks you lost. Like, you know, let's go have a beer or something." Like the idea of um, you know someone coming out and saying something. I can't imagine even and you know my son is in 5th grade so his his football team i can't imagine you know going on to the little team whatever the little app that you know all the parents have so they know the schedule and everything and being like hey listen you know little johnny really wasn't up to snuff today he has got to be able to, <laughs> to get the ball out quicker like it just I, it's it's so absurd i don't understand why a parent would even would even think that it's their job to comment
0: what grade do you guys give yourselves and actually just Give a little breakdown of how you are watching your kids. I mean, are you last row? I mean, you high-profile parents—that that's NFL guys right there. So you you kind of, I suppose, parent leaders out there as well. Or, or Orlando, I'm, I'm guessing you're kind of. I'm guessing you're in the back row and you're and you're quiet, but maybe not.
1: No, I I am. I feel like uh, uh, I am the guy that tries to stay away from mainly because I don't want to talk to other parents. Sometimes I just want to watch the game. But I don't, I, I'm not one of those guys that yell at the ref. Um, I'll leave all those duties up to my wife. She's she's yelling, she's chirping, and I got to calm her down at times. Uh, but that that's about it. I, I'm not one of those guys. I don't want to be on somebody's social media page talking about, look at Orlando Pace uh, cussing out a ref or going crazy about a, a youth football game or something like that. So I try to be calm. I might go up to the refs after the game and try to explain, you know, see what why, why they make that call because they all want to be cool with me prior to the game. Hey, Orlando. And then I got to, you know, after the game, let's, let's recap some of the calls you made out there. So, you know,
2: (laughs) turn it back around on him. I like it. I like it. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. I'm sitting, uh, I'm sitting top row just so I can see everything better. Um, And I'm cheering, um, you know, and, and uh, I I try to stay positive as much as I can. I will yell every once in a while if a ref does something really terrible, Um, you know, and it's just, that's one of the things, but, um, you know, it's, I'm there to cheer and I'm there to, to cheer for not only my kid. Um, but the other kids that are on his team, you know, uh, we're still only in fifth grade. Um, and so it's still, you know, they're, they're still young. They're still, you still get to see the joy of the game in their eyes, you know, the fun that they have in it. And, um, so it's, it's neat. This is my first time being in the stands for the past couple of years. I've, I've been helping out coaching, um, but I was told that uh, my help was unnecessary. Um, so, so I was in the stands. It was kind of weird not having a, a hand in the game um, and just being a spectator. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, my little guy in his last game of the season got an interception, um, which I was super excited about. So he obviously didn't get my hands. Um, and so it, it was, it was neat. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of pride in watching uh, your kids play
1: yeah to, to your coaching point man i, I when I, I coached my kids at that age and i I felt like I was doing everybody a disservice because I was laser focused on him and what he was doing and, and that's all I could watch to make sure he was either doing something right or if he did something wrong it kind of ruined my day a little bit so I had to get out of the, the, the youth coaching profession because there were some long quiet rides home that i didn't that either one of us didn't enjoy
2: we, we had, uh, I enjoyed it because it was, it was neat. It was, you know, it was right after they just started playing tackle. So I did second and third grade and then fourth grade was the Rona year. So I don't count that, but um, like seeing third grade when they first got to, you know, that was their first time tackling and everything and seeing uh, the joy on their faces and the fun and the excitement after going through, you know, 11 years in the NFL and seeing the business side and seeing people, you know, grumping about being in work at, you know, 6am on Wednesday. Um, seeing these kids out there just having fun with their their friends um, and playing the game that you know I still love uh, was pretty neat, and so it was fun. Um, kind of getting to interact with them and and being able to see see it again through kids' eyes, um, which you know made
0: me I think enjoy it even more. I love the joy of of youth football coming out here, L- gentlemen. Let's move on from parenting to our picks. Let's let's make some money here and go to WinBet com for all your betting needs w y n n b e t dot com uh, last week orlando one and two you did nail the over on the rams and the packers uh, that came in big time with 64 was at 48 and uh yeah nick two and one yeah the bucks over the colts nice work and you got your jets Who i almost play day of and 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 didn't do it but uh a, a touchdown winner for, uh, for, for the New York J E T S jets, jets, jets. So coming into today, Orlando 16 and 18, Nick 20 and 14 it's week 13, Orlando, you got to get hot. Uh, Nick, you're starting off your pick of the week again, WinBet.com for all your picks. What do we got? Pick of the week.
2: Remember you heard it here first. New York jets won the, uh, the Texans game. Um, I was real, real <laughs> proud of that one. Uh, pick of the week <laughs> this week. Um, I have the Bengals minus three over the L.A. Chargers. Uh, it's a 1 p.m. game at Cincinnati. Um, uh, West Coast teams hate going East Coast, especially when you have L.A. team coming to cold weather. Um, Bengals don't even have a dome, so they just live in the cold weather. I think uh, I think they'll take this one.
1: Yeah, my, my pick of the week, I got the Baltimore Ravens or oh, minus three and a half over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think T.J. Watt may be in protocol. Big Ben, well, last uh, at all, played well last, last week at all. And then the Ravens played really good with, with Lamar Jackson. So I look for those guys to, to win in a
0: route. Baltimore needs it bad. There's, there's no doubt about it. All right, let's go upset. Nick, I mean, uh, yeah, Orlando, you're up first. I'm sorry.
1: My upset is I'm going with the Houston Texas plus nine over the Indianapolis Coast. Indy's been playing well, but it's a divisional game. They know each other well, I think it'll be much tighter than than, uh, than the spread indicates. So I'm going with the upset of the Houston Texans over the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Interesting, I like it. Nine points, man, nine uh, points.
2: Nine points is a lot of points, it, it's a lot of points. Um, all right, right. I'm for my upset of the week, I'm looking at the Washington football team. Uh, that defense is starting to come around. And they are playing the Raiders at the Raiders, um, which I think will be a home game for the Washington football team. Everyone seems to be traveling to Las Vegas to watch their teams. Um, and the Raiders are in a tailspin. Uh, they, they're just, they're going down fast. Um, they just haven't been able to overcome all the stuff that's happened off the field. So I got uh, Washington football team plus two and a half over the Raiders.
0: Washington has been playing great. The Raiders somehow sneaking out a win on Thanksgiving, but that partly was uh, on the Cowboys. All right, over-unders. Uh, Nick you're up all right um,
2: past two weeks I've gone under and lost both of them um, so I'm done with that I am taking uh, looking at the Tampa Bucks versus the Falcons the line is set at 50 and a half um, taking the over I think it's uh, it'll be in the dome of the Falcons Uh, Tom will be able to sling it without having to worry about the elements Um, the Falcons are sneaky Average um, can score some points. So I think points are going to be flowing uh, down there in the ATL. Yep,
1: I'm gonna stick with the Ravens Steelers game uh, under 44. I think it'll be a defensive battle. I think both teams, they know each other well. You know, they're really physical. They'll try to run the ball. Um, So I think it'll be a low scoring game. So I'm going with the under 44 on that game.
0: All right, gentlemen, week 13. Thank you for speaking so honestly about the, the loss to Michigan. And uh, you're both moving forward and, and, and ready for the next 10 years of Buckeye domination. At least that's what I'm hoping for. And I root for neither of them. But Ohio State gets my you're, – you're above Michigan for me. So congrats, uh, I, I guess, to – well, you don't need congratulations for me. Great show. Week 13. We're two-thirds of the way through. And uh, thank you to all for watching Big Man Bets. Go to winbet.com for all your betting needs. Orlando and Nick, we will see you next week.